What's up and good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Shred Show live with me, Josh Pitts. I'm excited to have a new guest and very good friend, Dirk Allison from Equity Prime Mortgage joining me this morning. And this show is going to be a little bit different. As you may have noticed, I titled this one Cash is King. And this is the first time that we've actually had a CFO on the show. And I know typically you're probably thinking like, whoa, a CFO? This is kind of a little bit over my head. We're going to talk about finance. We're going to talk about some stuff that you may think is boring, but that's why I brought Dirk on the show because not only is he a CPA, but this guy has a very interesting background. He actually went to school, got an engineering degree. Then he became a naval officer in the Navy, which Dirk, thank you so much for your service in our military. We really appreciate that. But then after the Navy, he goes back and gets his master's in finance, and then he joins the mortgage industry. So Dirk, thank you so much for hanging out with us and joining us this morning on the show. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. So, and I've got to give you guys a quick shout real quick. If you're joining us live, number one, thank you so much for joining us live. Make sure you comment hashtag shred because you're hanging out with us here live. And if you're joining us on the replay, make sure you comment hashtag hustle because you're coming back and you're hustling. You're out there working hard right now. And if you want to highlight our good friends, equity prime mortgage, make sure you comment hashtag EPM. So Dirk, let's jump into this. So before we get into finance, before we get into the whole, the cash is king of this industry, Tell us a little bit about Dirk. You started in engineering, then went to the Navy, then got in finance. That's kind of all over the place. Like, how, how did you land in finance? Basically, you get an engineering degree. It's all numbers. Uh, I was an engineering officer in the Navy, again, working with machinery. It's all numbers back to my engineering degree. Wanted to come back to Atlanta. It's my hometown. Uh, so I came, went to get my graduate degree in finance from Emory University. It's the premier university here in town. Uh, and then got my first uh, opportunity with uh, Arthur Anderson, one of the old big eight accounting firms. Was there for about three years. I uh, was able to get my CPA license, which I have maintained. So I've got a CPA, MBA. Uh, again, went from an engineering degree with numbers to a finance uh, background with numbers. Got my first uh, job basically in the computer industry. Was there for a number of years. One of my former... Uh, managers ended up being the CEO of a reverse mortgage company. He asked me to come in uh, to help him do budgets and forecasts. That's how I got into the mortgage industry. And from there, I ended up uh, VP of finance, uh, controller of a second company. And now I'm the CFO here at Equity Prime Mortgage. Now, and you've recently, I want to talk about this because that is such kind of an all over the place. And now you've, you've landed back at Equity Prime. You were with Equity Prime for a while. And now you've recently come back, which if anybody's ever watched the show, you hear me talk about Equity Prime because they, they're doing so many great things in the industry. You have guys like Eddie Perez and everybody that, of their leadership there. And now you've come back. Why come back to Equity Prime? You, you know, you, you've been doing so many great things in the industry, outside the industry. Why come back to Equity Prime? What pulls you back to Equity Prime? Is there something that you're just like, is it the culture? What is it about Equity Prime that's really pulled you back in? Uh, I really wanted to come back because the uh, company had some folks that I had worked with before. They made me you know, an opportunity from where I was, which was a small uh, Corvette, classic Corvette dealership is where I kind of ended up after about a year and a half uh, helping the owner there. Was a personal friend of mine, kind of straighten out his finances. He's 71 years old, looking to sell the company, needed some expertise to come in and help him. Uh, equity had some changes here. The opportunity for me to join the company came up and I jumped at it again, worked with the uh, executive folks here, know the accounting staff, I know the uh, industry, know the 
both the accounting systems and the loan operating system. So it's just a good fit for me. I believe it's a good fit for equity. So we made it happen uh, yesterday. Well, and going from Corvettes to mortgage, going from fast paced in the in the auto industry back to the fast pace of the mortgage industry, that's a ton of fun. And something that I'm excited again, I mentioned finance, and this is something we don't talk a ton about on the show, but being the CFO of Equity Prime, it's something we definitely want to talk about. And as you and I were talking about a few things before we got on the show, you mentioned something to me that hit me so hard. And I think it's something that a lot of people don't think about when it comes to building their business, when it comes to mortgage, and that is cash is king. So I want to talk about this idea. And everybody's heard of this concept before, but right now in the mortgage industry, 2019 was an incredible year for so many people. You know, some lots of people hit their records. They did have the best year ever. But when it comes to growing a business, when it comes because everybody's right now is just kind of fat and happy, but you want to make sure that you have the right resources, that you have the right mentality mentality going forward. So what is it that small businesses in particular, because Equity Prime is all about helping, you know, brokers grow their business, helping on the retail side, you guys kind of have both channels. But what is so critical when it comes to finances for those companies looking to grow? The biggest key you've got is as a small company, you've probably got limited resources, you may have uh, lines of credit with your banks, You've got to pay all that stuff back. So the game plan is it's not the number of loans you make. It's not the loan volume you make. It's not the revenue you make. It's the bottom line. It's how much cash you can bring into the company because the cash is what you're going to send out to your employees as paychecks. That's what you're going to send your vendors when you know you get their bills in. Cash is what makes or breaks a company. You go bankrupt not because you know, you made a bad deal someplace, you go out of business because you run out of money. So the game plan that you need to make sure of is that if you make a sale and you book the revenue and you book the cost of revenue and you have that net income on your income statement, that you actually get that translated into cash into your bank account on your balance sheet. For example, you got title companies that are holding back some funds. Uh, for one reason or another, if you net uh, finance your deals and the title company is holding back a thousand to two thousand dollars per loan, you got to make sure that each and every one of those title companies is giving you back every penny that they owe you. Basically, you want to make sure whoever owes you money is paying you back and that they're paying you back on time and that you don't have to spend a whole lot of time go chasing it down. You don't have to have you know one or two staff people out there monitoring every invoice to make sure that you're getting your full amount of cash back into your company. And Kat, and that's exactly what you're saying. Cash is king. You have to be able to bring that back into your company. And something that you and I talked about prior as we were, again, we were having a conversation going before we went live was you mentioned this idea, kind of <laughs> this comparison of a lot of people are kind of fighting the pricing war right now in our industry, lowest rates, lowest compensation, this and that. But you mentioned if you're a Lamborghini dealer and you're only making a hundred bucks on a Lamborghini, that's not a really good business practice. And it goes the same thing in the mortgage industry. Right. I mean, if you give away loans, uh, you can have a great volume. You can be top of the world as far as, you know, number of loans and the volumes and you can go to the top of somebody's list as the biggest producer in the world. But if those loans aren't profitable, you will not stay in business very long. Either that or you're going to have to have some real deep pocket investors. If you're a startup company, it makes sense. You might have to do uh, some loss 
kind of loans to actually get your foot in the door to get started. But over time, you've got to get to the point where you've got enough revenue to cover your fixed expenses, and then you're making a reasonable rate of return on the investment, either your owners or your outside investments, your banks, whoever's actually funding the company, they're expecting, you know, a return something better than what you're going to get on a corporate bond. So you've got to get that premium up there, 10, 15, 20%. And again, you've got to have the cash to be able to maintain the business. Now, and something else that we had talked about is you really, when it comes to starting your own business, and you just mentioned this a second ago, these smaller businesses look, looking to grow in 2020 and beyond, you really have to know your finances as well. Sometimes, and we may not be good at finances, and that's why guys like yourself have joined companies like Equity Prime is to make sure they're on track. So would you say it's really smart? Again, I'm like, I'm not a finance guy. That's why I have a team behind me who that does that finances. If somebody, if they are a small startup, do you recommend if, if the financing is not in their wheelhouse that they hire it out or they look to bring somebody in? Or is it best for them to save, to, you know, scrimp and save and to do it themselves? The last company I worked at, that classic Corvette dealership, that's the primary a uh, mistake they made. They had a gentleman in there that was really a bookkeeper. He would write the checks. He did not have an accounting background. He had a 30-year sales uh, career. So the problem is nobody was looking at the uh, underlying financials. Perfect mm -hmm. example, they had ordered some parts from China. When the bill came in, it was booked as a cost of goods. And then every time, so that was a package of, let's say, 200 parts. Every time they sold a part, it was rebooked as another cost of good at 200 to $400. So basically what should have been $40,000 of cost of goods ended up being 80,000 because they booked when the invoice came in and then they booked each time a part went out. Again, the gentleman who was there uh, did not have an accounting background, but that's where to your point, the management of the company didn't invest in the accounting finance. If they'd have had an accounting clerk even a you know, junior accountant, somebody that had gone to college, didn't have to be a degreed accountant, didn't have to have a CPA, but just somebody that truly understood accounting and understood at the time the company is using QuickBooks, it's just basic finance, same kind of thing. So when, the, when those parts came in from China, they should have been booked to inventory and then expensed as they came out. Again, they tried to save money. They didn't have a true accountant in there. The guy booked the expense when he when the package came in from China, 40,000 and they another 40,000 every time the 200 parts were sold. So long story short, uh, we took a look at the financials year in and in an hour we saved that 40,000 and payroll had the same kind of issues where uh, advances were being booked as expenses when they should really go on the balance sheet. So again, I would say if you're doing a startup or if you've got a company and you're trying to say, you know, the Counting and finance is overhead and you don't need to invest every dollar that you try and save. You may lose two or three dollars because, again, the counting and finance, that's where the money is. That's where you can you may not save it, but you won't lose it. Accounting and finance can lose money if they double pay invoices, if they're not getting in all the money that they should from uh, title companies and the mortgage industry. All those invoices that you send out, you need to track them, not just that they went out, but that you got your money and that you're not getting, you know, your vendors are not doing some kind of holdback that you're not aware of. So again, you got to have somebody there that's knowledgeable, familiar, and spending time down in the weeds. 
this is the kind of place where, you know, you got forest and trees in accounting. If you want to save your dollars, save your pennies, you got to look at each and every individual tree. You can't just say the forest is out there. Great. You know, I sold, a, you know, I've originated a hundred loans this month and I only did 80 last month. The question is how many of those loans are profitable so that you price them right on the front end and that you get your cash into your bank account on the back end. And this is exactly why I wanted to have you on the show, Dirk, because it's knowledge like this. And a lot of people are thinking, well, like this isn't, how is this even valuable to me? This isn't, Josh, this isn't one of your typical shows where we're talking about this and this and that. But this is truly important. Ladies and gentlemen, that's why I was so excited to have Dirk on the show is because there's so many people in 2019 that had a phenomenal year growing their business. But it's these little things, Dirk, that can make or break a business and bringing in somebody. And you don't you don't have to bring in a full-time person. Like you said, maybe it's a junior account. Maybe it's somebody that you, you find locally, a CPA, somebody in finance that can just help you make sure that you're on the right track that you're not making those costly mistakes uh, when you, again, if, if you don't have that expertise, why try to, why try to do it yourself? Find somebody that you can bring as an expert, bring them onto your team. And it's going to help you in the long run. Like you mentioned, or yes, it is a long-term investment. You may be like, ah, oh, do I really need it right now? But in the long game, it's absolutely going to be worth it. So Dirk, that was absolutely brilliant advice there. What's one of the biggest mistakes that you see when companies are starting to grow, like in 2019, people are having a great year with money. What's something that, what's one of the biggest mistakes that you see people make when they have a really good year and they have kind of this, this excess of funds going into a new year and trying to build? What's one of the biggest mistakes you see? I'd say the, the fine line you have as a finance person is if you see growth coming, you have to invest, you have to get people there on site, trained, ready to go before that volume hits, it doesn't do any good that if, you know, this year you're doing X number of loans and next year you expect to do X times 50%, your staff, if you're running lean and mean, can't handle another 50% next year. You're going to have to bring in some help. On the flip side of that, if you have to have an accurate budget, you have to know really what you're planning on. So, if you think you're going to have a hundred percent increase, you're really a startup and you plan for that, but you only get 25 to 30%, you may overhire. So it's that fine line. You want to hire before the bubble hits so that you're not killing your staff and the accounts aren't here till midnight trying to close the month in because you doubled your volume in the last 18 months and you've only added one person to an accounting staff of 10. On the flip side of that, you don't want to go, I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to grow from a billion dollars in volume to three billion in the next two years. And so I'm going to staff up the accounting side to be able to handle anything and everything. You've got to be realistic as to what your staffing is, what they can handle. Because again, the first thing that's going to happen if you're understaffed is those details about checking invoices, checking to make sure that you got all those dollars are going to just go by the wayside. You're going to just put the invoices in. You're not going to check on the backside that the cash came in. Your finances are going to show you got a lot of revenue, going to show a lot of income, but your bank account's going to show I'm having troubles. So it's that fine line between having enough staff and having too much staff, especially for a company that's expecting to grow. One kind of thing, if you know, you've got a merger coming up, you're uh, combining different branches, you know, they may, two branches, they may both have three or four accounting staff. You got to manage when you combine them, 
what that accounting staff is because you probably don't need all of them, but it's not like the staff in one office, one branch is going to be able to handle the workload of two. So, so that's you, what you, you know, have to be willing to hire. You have, I know so many people are willing to bring or they're, they're nervous because they had a great year, but if you want to continue to grow, you want to continue that upward swing, you have to have the right people around you. You got to have a team to support that growth. If you don't have that, you're going to, you're going to miss out on it. And you have to be, I love how you mentioned you have to be ready for that. You can't, like I said, last year, everybody had a great year. And now if you're just thinking about it, you might've missed that. So you really need to start looking right now. Like, okay, who can I bring onto my team that can continue to help me with this exponential growth? Cause if you don't, if you're not willing to invest in your business and invest in new people, you're not going to grow there. That is absolutely brilliant. See, and again, ladies and gentlemen, this is why I have Dirk on the show. It's these little things. He's giving you these nuggets and he's sharing right now that in the finance, side of your business you need to keep an eye on you need to be looking for and and that's why i was so glad to bring him on the show and so i dirk i cannot thank you enough for taking a few minutes out of your day and sharing so many little valuable things again things that we don't think about in our day-to-day -day business and for all you your you owners out there who are looking to grow your business take these things cash is king start growing your business look to where you can start staffing up bring on the right people to your team so dirk thank you so much number one for your service in our military and number two thank you so much for joining us this morning and representing equity prime on our show my pleasure and guys again if you didn't know this was dirk's first time on anything like this on a podcast on a show and he did incredible i'm super proud of him you know he is He's one of the more experienced in our industry. He's been around for a long time, yet he's willing to put himself out there. So, and guys, if you're joining us again live, make sure you comment hashtag shred. And if you're joining us on the replay, make sure you comment hashtag hustle. And of course, if you liked our show today, make sure you smash that like button down below. We appreciate it. It helps us grow. It helps us continue to bring you guys valuable content every day. So again, Dirk and Equity Prime, thanks for joining us this morning. As always, guys, we appreciate you. We love you. Now it's time to go show up, hustle, repeat every day. See ya.